often deemed as one of the world's largest investment opportunities, Africa data center economy is posed for great growth this decade as consumers, businesses and governments digitize. With nearly 1.4 billion people and expected to reach a population of over 1.7 billion by 2030, Africa's internet penetration sits at around 43%, below the world's average of 64%. But things are set to change dramatically and fast. To discuss this in more detail, joining me now is Barn Harmsey, Group CEO of ICT Infrastructure Development Company, Paratus Africa. Um, Barney, thanks so much for joining me. Um, let, let's jump right in. What is the, 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 the state of the market um, when it comes to data centers across Africa? Uh, and did COVID have any impact um, on the market? Uh, good morning, Zhao, and uh, thanks for having us on your show. We appreciate it. Thank you for coming. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, Zhao, uh, the African market is still very much a growing market, uh, and we think perhaps more a bigger, bigger growing market than anywhere else in the world. I followed up, I followed up on some on stats and some analytics. Uh, from what I could gather, the the thinking is the co-location space is growing at a compound annual growth rate of about 13%, 1-3% in Europe. Uh, when I look at analytics here in Africa, I see um, an expected uh, compound annual growth rate of between 15 and 25%, 1-5 to 2-5%. Now, even at the lower end of that scale, when we're talking about 15%, it is slightly a little bit, it's a little bit more aggressive than if I had to compare it with uh, the expected growth in Europe. I think the uh, the 13% growth in Europe um, is uh, is predicted until, I made a few notes, until 2028, where the prediction of 15 to 25% in the African market is at least predicted until 2026. Doesn't matter, but um, it tells you that Africa is still virgin territory when it comes to total ICT infrastructure, and that includes data centers and co-location facilities. So the, the market exists and we are in it um, mm. for, for the long future, yes. There is a huge opportunity, especially as younger generations also adopt um, digital services a lot faster um, than others. But um, in terms of investments and the investment sentiment, I mean, we've seen so many stories coming out of the entire continent. I mean, Nigeria, Ghana, Namibia, um, Botswana, Rwanda, South Africa. I mean, you name a country and it probably was in the news in the last year <laughs> um, when it came to digital infrastructure investments. What, what is the, the, the investment sentiment um, across Africa now um, and who's investing in Africa? Um, in our case, it's our own money. So we were able to, to raise a bit of capital, especially with the listing here in Namibia, uh, not so long ago. We, we, we managed to raise a few hundred million. And every penny that we can raise um, on either, um, uh, you know, debt financing or um, elsewhere, we use exclusively to go into infrastructure on a daily basis. Then we've also had the opportunity to deal with partners um, other uh, uh, operators in our neighboring countries where we co-invested in projects because we're a, we're a pan-African network. We had the opportunity to, to co-invest with um, some of our incumbent partners in other countries. I think it's still a positive sentiment towards Africa. Uh, and uh, we, we spoke about this earlier. 
um, it looks like the hyperscalers are coming in at a, at a, at a much faster pace now. Uh, in our example, if, if I had to use ourselves as an example, our interaction with especially the hyperscalers has been uh, at a different level the past three years. Uh, we've seen tremendous investment from, from them. Um, I've, we, we've seen, I think, across the board, all the operators have seen the participation of um, Facebook and Microsoft and Google uh, come more to the front very actively in the last three years. So, you know, the, the markets that we deal in is mainly the, in, in the Paratus Africa group. Uh, we deal with our number one revenue um, source is enterprise business. And inside that enterprise uh, focus, we deal a lot with, we have big relationships with some of the big telcos in Africa. So um, if it's a prominent name, uh, irrespective of the country, uh, then we probably have a relationship with him. And that would be a relationship of uh, bandwidth backhaul to either South Africa or to Europe, a destination of their choice. And then more recently, like I said, we've been also engaging with the hyperscalers. Mm. Um, the investments are coming in, but we, we produce mostly our own money and uh, we raise our own funding um, here locally. Um, I think the, the future will tell us, will perhaps show us a little bit different, um, more interest in, in, in foreign investment, um, foreign direct investment coming into Africa. But we, we're a comfortable place. We, we're happy to spend the money on infrastructure. Hmm. That, that, that's interesting. How do you envision, for example, when other intercontinental companies start coming in, so the Equinixes, the Digital Realties, um, mm-hmm. the, the, the NTTs, once those companies start coming in, because they, they already have a footprint in Africa, but once they really go strong, um, how do you envision the monopoly changing um, across the continent? Um, will there be, are you kind of expecting a lot of acquisitions? Are you expecting some markets to be such a race that things will maybe not go so well? What do you expect once the, the, the other guys start coming in at full strength? Mm, I must say that's an interesting question. I haven't given it a lot of thought, but, you know, if, if I had to quickly comment on it, I think it's going to change uh, the marketplace in Africa forever, um, especially when the hyperscalers come in. You, you'll see a total break in monopolies. Wherever there is a... Uh, um, a state-owned enterprise or an incumbent or a monopoly in place, you know, these hyperscalers will come in. They will, um, uh, for example, they will probably, uh, there will be a lot of acquisitions. I think you're right. Um, like I said, I haven't given it much thought, but it's definitely going to change um, our frontiers here in Africa. Uh, we, at the moment, uh, Paratus Group is an example. We're involved with relationships with these hyperscalers, but there's never been talk um, of, you know, uh, acquisitions or uh, partnering up beyond what we can construct together and uh, looking at infrastructure sharing. There's never been any other discussions but that or agreements other than that, where we work together to, to build more infrastructure and to um, invest together. Uh, but yes, I think you're right. A few years down the line, perhaps three to five years down the line, you will see definite changes uh, um, on the African frontier. 
that'll be very interesting and I can't wait. I'm I'm known for liking a bit of an acquisition <laughs> story. Um, but um, Barney, talking about Paratus now, um, you, just before we came on the call, we were talking about the structure of the company, which is very interesting mm -hmm. in itself because one um, subsidiary is listed on the BB Stock Exchange, the other ones are private. Um, give us just a quick overview of um, the company structure uh, and is that a reflection of how business, business is done in Africa? Um, or is this just a kind of a personal choice of Paratus to be arranged this way? Zhao, I think our example is not a unique example. It depends on where you keep your head office or your, your, your group structure. So typically you will find um, uh, there's, there's not a lot of pan-African operators. Hmm. I think we want a handful of pan-African operators. So we've got a group structure. We, we've got Paratus Africa group and underneath that group, um, we've got six opcos operating companies right now, uh, being mainly Angola. Uh, in Angola, we've been for 18 years. Uh, Zambia, we've been for 11 years. And then following that, we've got Botswana, South Africa, Mozambique, Namibia. Um, so those are six permanent opcos. And then additional 22 countries where we deliver product and service. Um, mainly VSAT services. I think outside South Africa, we're probably the biggest satellite operator outside South Africa. We've got a very prominent footprint and we deliver those VSAT services, I think across 12 satellites at the moment. We, and most of them we buy transponder space. There's a, a limited few where we, um, where we resell some of the services, but in most cases it's transponder, which is under our control and we distributed bandwidth across Africa. Uh, uh, you'll, you'll find that that design or that approach you'll find in, I think, many of the private companies, private operators. Namibia is the example where we are listed on the Namibian Stock Exchange. We had to do that because, um, you know, in the effort to go public, we wanted to raise a bit of capital for our projects. Um, in, the, in the first raising, which was very successful, we raised 100 million. Um, then in the second raising, we raised another 100 million. Recently, we registered a bond at the Namibian Stock Exchange of 1 billion Namibian dollars uh, with an effort to raise more debt. Uh, we, we, we've got a very healthy balance sheet at the moment in Namibia and uh, we cash flow positive. And we, we've got very little debt and we thought maybe our equity to debt ratio needs a bit of attention. And um, we raised, I think, after we registered the bond on the Namibia Stock Exchange in the first round, we raised another 423 million Namibia dollars. And um, as we start using those facilities, it goes directly into the ground. It goes directly into infrastructure. I think a lot of private companies have that structure. We've got a, a group holdings that sit somewhere and you've got a couple of opcos and you deliver services across Africa. Uh, our unique, unique example is that the head office is in Namibia, which we're very proud of. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, the, the fact that you've pushed for the facilities in that conversation, um, I was actually going to ask you because your recurring revenues 
um, have been on an upwards trend, uh, at least since 2019 from the Namibia business. Um, mm -hmm. where, where do you expect this to go um, in 2021 and uh, even in 2022? Because we're now, I mean, we're halfway the second half of the year almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our financial year end is June. Mm. Um, but we still expect, uh, you know, very good growth for for the next couple of years. We've been, um, the, the group turnover, uh, the group revenue is sitting at approximately 66 million US at the moment. It it would have been much higher, but we are also directly exposed to exchange rate fluctuations in those countries where we do business. So in Angola, we've been taking a lot of hard hits on exchange rate fluctuation. Um, the Kwanzaa versus the dollar. In um, uh, Zambia, we've been taking a lot of beating also on the exchange rate fluctuations. Um, the, the, the Kwacha versus the dollar. So we try and outperform the decline in exchange rate fluctuation with our growth. Uh, but we expect still very good growth uh, for the next three to five years. We, we're thinking a bit of the diversification and not, not just focus completely on, on connectivity services across Africa and perhaps look at some some other sciences as well in the ICT industry. Such as? Uh, um, I can't really say more than that, <laughs> but uh, in in the next eight to 12 months, we'll have a certain direction of, of what extra we want to do. We'll never get out of the connectivity business. We'll never get out of the infrastructure business. We'll never get out of the DC business. I mean, we're in it for the long run. The investments have been huge, um, so we need to capitalize on it. Mm -hmm. uh, data centers recently has been a, a big focus of ours across Africa. Hmm. Yeah, well, you made headlines with the Namibia um, data center, which is one of the largest developments in the country um, yeah. in that field. Um, picking up on that, actually, and you've already mentioned you want to diversify on the service front, but then mm -hmm. on rolling out digital infrastructure and you are cash flow positive, you've got the cash to do it. Um, What's next? Um, not just in terms of data centers, but telecommunications. Mm -hmm. You mentioned satellites as well. What, what are you planning for digital infrastructure as a whole um, over the next well, year, two years? If, if, you, if you can allow me just to, to dwell a little bit in the DCs. Yeah. Our first DC we, we constructed in Luanda, in Angola, uh, about seven years ago when we constructed our first office in Luanda. As part of that construction was our very first DC. Um, it had I think just under 50, 50 cabinets. The second DC um, was uh, in Africa, was also in Luanda, but that was now completely separate from our main buildings, uh, where you could, we uh, it fully um, uh, could be classified as a, as a proper tier three data center. That data center, um, we've, we've uh, I think we went for 186 racks. And the investment was um, about 8.5 million US dollars. DC number three in Zambia is what we are about to finish. We're busy for putting the finishing touches on it. Covert Yalta's back, um, just mainly because of um, supply arrangements and, and uh, material supply, construction material supply um, from, from all over the world and then also from South Africa. Uh, that we are doing. Um, we're finishing that at a cost of 5.75 million US dollars, the Zambia one. We're officially opening that in October. We'll have the launch in October. But we, as I said, we, we're almost open for business now. Uh, DC number four, the most recent development, 
year in Namibia. That will be at a cost of approximately 8.75 million US. And it's under construction. We started, we started construction about a month and a half ago. Um, very proud of that, very excited about DC number four. Then we also reaching um, uh, final stages of our first cable landing station in Swakopmundi on the Namibian coast. Uh, uh, that cable landing station will be finished. I think all bells and whistles will be finished by, by November latest. And then we wait for the Equiano cable. So we'll bring the Equiano Google cable onshore. Uh, that's also been held back a little bit uh, with with um, the impact of COVID. We will bring that uh, ashore, I think, the last quarter of next year. The fourth quarter of next year, we, we should bring that cable out of the ocean and connect it to the, to the cable landing station. And then we've got various other projects on the continent, mainly long-haul fiber projects that is ongoing every day in most of the countries. Every day we're putting in more kilometers of fiber as we go along. So I think uh, the most exciting right now is our DCs and um, completion of those DCs, our, our cable landing station in Swakopmund, uh, our fibers across Africa, more infrastructure as we go along. Um, uh, VSAT services is, is a big part of our business, like I mentioned, across Africa. Then we're also keeping a very close eye on what will happen with traditional VSAT services where we connect to these satellites that sits in a, in a geo orbit um, versus your LEO orbit, your, your low Earth orbit satellites, which is coming. Uh, we, know, we know of a couple of companies that's really focusing very hard on that. Uh, uh, we, we're also checking out that space, uh, what the impact is going to be of your LEOs versus your GEOs where we currently operate. Okay. Well, you sound like you're going to be an extremely busy man <laughs> over the next few months and years. Not a minute to rest. <laughs> well, the, the, the beauty of the game is that there's just so much opportunity and so much markets to chase. Um, th th there's so much to do. And um, that's not just limited to Africa. Of course, Africa still needs a lot more infrastructure, but it's mm -hmm. across the entire world. But um, Barney, last question. What keeps you up at night? Uh, the drive for more success. I mean... Uh, Zhao, we wouldn't be doing this unless we're successful. Hmm. So um, if I look at the African picture, and yes, we are from Africa, and we've been investing in Africa for quite some time. Uh, but we are we, we are successful at, at it, and, and that, that tells us a story. That tells us we've got a lot more to do and, uh, and a lot more to invest. You know, whether we do this on our own or whether we do this with partnerships, we still have a lot of work to, left to do. And... Uh, it's not a lot of time for sleeping. Well, there'll be definitely uh, an exciting journey ahead, uh, and I can't wait to see what comes out of you um, in the next months and years, um, especially as we get to the mid of this decade, when Africa is meant to really boom um, internationally. Um, but Barney Harmsey, um, CEO of Paratus Africa, thank you for coming on. And uh, as always, it's great to see to, to be able to see how fast Africa is becoming a beacon uh, for digital infrastructure. Um, and uh, you at home, thank you for watching and do check our website and give us a follow on social media for more breaking and timely news from across the digital infrastructure sector worldwide. At Stack Capital, your leads, we report. Bye for now.